Gresham College presents Long Finance Autumn Conference 2011 Bubble Trouble Popco Sustainability Part 3 Beyond Bubbles Riding the Waves of Change by John Elkington Volans uh, Good afternoon everyone um, Michael, I just wanted to say congratulations on all you've done with Long Finance and so on, and thank you to HSBC, too, for hosting um, the event uh, today. Um, the, the second part of the title of this uh, event was Pop Goes Sustainability, and that's the piece that I'm going to uh, focus a little bit more on than the, the bubbles piece, except to say that um, uh, I'm going to try and move the conversation on a little bit from the, 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 the bubbles to the underlying uh, waves. And I think John Redwood, to some degree, began to do that uh, earlier on today. Just one uh, discount factor before I start. And I was sitting next to Keith Wade, the chief economist of Schroders, who you heard a moment ago. Um, I just suddenly remembered that I gave up economics in 1968 after one uh, year at university. So anything that you hear from me today is completely um, uh, deluded in uh, normal economic uh, terms. Having said which, uh, hopefully, we can get uh, the title uh, slide up, which we can. So I'm going to look at uh, ways of change. And I just I, I, so you, you will see outside the, the Carbon Tracker Initiative uh, report. Those of you ha who haven't read it, I really do recommend it uh, enormously strongly. You'll hear from uh, James Leeton uh, 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 of the initiative on, on the panel. But um, Nick Robbins was just sitting next to me in the front uh, row here and, and looking at a particular design uh, from the report, which just happens to be this one. Um, so this is a set of bubbles. Uh, some of you will have seen it, and, th and they're carbon bubbles. And, and some of you will know that in the first six months of this year, the London Stock Exchange, if you look at the um, IPOs that were uh, uh, launched in, in those six months, 70%, something like 70% of those linked to uh, fossil fuels. And the point that the Carbon Tracker team are making is that we may be actually blowing a phenomenally big uh, bubble here. So I said I'd, I'd move to ways, but I just wanted to start uh, with a little bit on um, uh, bubbles. Uh, and one of the most uh, uh, astonishing statistics that I've uh, seen in recent times is the one that came both from Tim Jackson, that's been picked up by the uh, Carbon War Room, uh, and it's this one. Uh, you've probably all seen it, and it's basically talking about how many grams of carbon does it produce to take to produce a um, a, a dollar of uh, GNP, GDP. Uh, you see, I don't even really totally know, know the difference uh, between them. But I know a big number, and I know a small number, and you may well already know what the number is that we have to go down to in terms of grams of carbon um, in order to stabilize our climate. And I don't know whether you guessed uh, six, but uh, I was at a meeting yesterday where people, it was the International Business Leaders Forum, uh, about 30 CEOs there, and they were talking with anxiety about having to move from um, the current uh, carbon uh, footprint to something maybe two or threefold uh, lower. This is something quite distinctly uh, different. Uh, and at the same time, um, some of the people at the uh, uh, session yesterday were from Accenture, and some of you will have read uh, their report last year, A New Era of Sustainability. Uh, and it, it was based on 766 CEOs interviewed around the world. And I just want to um, say that if you ask those people, no, uh, sustainability is not going to pop. Uh, they are actually picking up the language and playing with it 
uh, like fury. So 93% thinks it, think that it's uh, immensely exciting and important. 88% think, like Walmart, they have now to drive this through their supply chains. Well, I think they do, but 81% uh, said that they had already embedded sustainability in their operations. And that's the moment where uh, something in, in, in my brain started to craze. Uh, I don't think these people are lying, but I do think that they're misunderstanding the scale uh, of the challenge that we uh, face. And so one of the things that we've done over the years, a number of you have seen it, uh, is just track the pressure waves, the societal pressure waves, largely in the OECD world, that are driving uh, business uh, thinking, particularly at senior levels, uh, around uh, uh, the, the, the world. And uh, all I'm going to say is I think we're coming out of the fourth wave. I think that it was uh, a wave in which sustainability was driven into uh, our thinking, driven, driven uh, to a considerable degree into the language, and I think that's what you're seeing in what those 766 uh, CEOs uh, are telling us. But I think it's an astonishing year, and I don't need to remind you of all of the different things that have happened this year, but I suspect we will look back at this uh, as one of those uh, fulcrum uh, moments, a bit like uh, perhaps 1968, a bit like uh, 1989, but uh, distinctly different. And we'll, I'm sure in the conversation get into the question of where we go next. Now, I said that um, I, I gave up economics. Two economists lived on, my, on in my brain uh, after I'd left uh, that economics course. And the first one was Nikolai Kondratiev, and the, the second one was Joseph Schumpeter. Neither of them economists that uh, most economists today uh, like to embrace uh, in any form. But I do think uh, that underlying all of this, underlying the bubbles, underlying the, the ups and the downs, there are a set of very fundamental waves cranking through our global economy based on new technologies, based on new ways of creating uh, uh, value. You can dispute where they begin. You can dispute uh, where they end. Uh, but I think that we're in the midst of one of those. And my own personal opinion for about four and a half years has been that we were headed into a, not just a recession, but into a period of creative destruction, as Joseph Schumpeter would have described it. And I hope that in the conversation uh, we will get into uh, that as some of the context. And then when you start to think about all of the different issues that cluster under this sustainability <coughs> label um, and, and the extent to which uh, markets and uh, business and individual companies can address them, this, this uh, diagram shows the urgency of the particular challenges under the sustainability rubric uh, on the vertical axis and the effectiveness of companies dealing with them uh, on the horizontal uh, axis. And all I'll say here is that there is an immense cluster of these things uh, on, on the left-hand side of that, which are really largely out of the range of individual companies acting on their own. And therefore, the issue of government effectiveness, government involvement, some of the stuff that we heard uh, in the first session, absolutely fundamental uh, in all of this. And you'll find outside uh, a very short um, uh, paper called The Future Quotient. Uh, and, and this span out of some deep frustration that we were feeling uh, when we talked to uh, people in the global C-suite about their understanding of sustainability. And, and, and the sense, as I said uh, earlier on, uh, that we came away with, that there is a misunderstanding, a miscomprehension of what sustainability is about. And one of the fundamental things it has to be about, and this is why I uh, uh, acknowledged and praised uh, uh, Michael uh, and, and uh, his various initiatives right at the beginning, is that right at the heart of the sustainability agenda, and the thing that uh, CEOs often forget, 
are these really seriously long-term uh, timescales, out to and including uh, intergenerational timescales. So one of the things that we did uh, for the report was to uh, poll people broadly in our field around the world to ask them where they saw evidence of um, uh, people or institutions thinking and acting uh, long-term, and, 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 and whether they saw uh, this as good or bad, and whether they saw it as improving or, 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 or worsening. And the one thing I, I will begin by saying is that the place you really want to be in, in, in this matrix is in the top right-hand uh, uh, quadrant. No one's there. So um, businesses alongside individuals seem to be uh, moderately uh, good, um, but, but still under the, under the water in a sense. Investors distinctly less so, and governments uh, poorest uh, at the lot. And I think that speaks to a systemic uh, problem. So just, I just wanted to put this up uh, alongside a couple of concluding slides uh, to make a point. Next year is a, a rather remarkable year in terms of the density of uh, milestones uh, in the sustainability field. So you will know that it's the uh, 40th uh, uh, anniversary of the Limits to Growth uh, study and of the Stockholm uh, uh, Conference on the Human Environment, 25th anniversary of the Brundtland uh, Commission report, 20th anniversary of the Rio uh, Earth Summit, and so on and so on. And it's the London Olympics uh, with a strong sustainability theme uh, thrown in uh, for good uh, measure. But this is where I think we are in all of this. I think that, 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 that these CEOs who are reporting back to us are learning to speak the language. They're doing bits of what is required. But the true systemic nature of the challenge is not yet uh, at all uh, clearly present uh, in their brain. And so the question is, how do we break through? Uh, uh, how do we sort of bridge that chasm or, or, or break through to the uh, mainstream? And, and um, Mark Campanelli was just saying earlier on, uh, he and I spoke uh, 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 a couple of weeks ago in the crypt uh, under St. Paul's, and I, I took the trouble to talk to some of the protesters um, uh, uh, before uh, going in and afterwards. Uh, one of the really real surprises was to meet somebody who was a Financial Times uh, journalist who was sleeping there in, in, in the tent uh, city and was not there as an embedded uh, journalist, we found, was actually there because he was so seriously pissed off with capitalism. And yesterday, with the, all of these CEOs, they were very dismissive about that movement. They said, you know, this is a renter crowd, it's a franchise, it's a McDonald's. Uh, approach to protest. I don't think it is. I think some parts of it may be, but some of you may have seen the day before yesterday, Harvard students uh, doing the basic economics course uh, basically walked out uh, and said to their professor, you are only uh, teaching now as an introductory course one model uh, of, of economics. Completely unreasonable, completely useless uh, to us. So I, underneath this, there is a, a, a wave of change uh, building, I think, and so just a f final slide. Um, where are we in all of this? And it's very easy to get frustrated. I, I, I've been in the sustainability... I, I founded an organization called Sustainability uh, 25 years ago, and, and it was a menace because we, no one understood the, the, the name at that uh, stage. Now, clearly, everyone does. But if we're right that we're not yet really delivering against the scale of the agenda that we face... Uh, where are we in all of this? And I keep finding my brain going back to the late 40s and the early 1950s. I was tiny at that stage. But um, people at that stage were trying to break through the, the, the sound barrier. And it looked impossible. They knew it was impossible, many of them. And yet, over a period of time, 
they started to uh, break through in growing numbers. And if you think of other areas where that happened, uh, you might say more or less the same time, the four-minute mile. People thought it was physiologically impossible to get through the four-minute four mile uh, barrier. And then once um, Roger Bannister got through, in a very short period of time, 16 people, I think in, in, in a year after he broke through, got through. And I think we're at one of those points where it looks absolutely impossible to achieve anything like sustainability. And particularly if you read the UN report last week, uh, which said that instead of, uh, I, I noticed in the papers here, that, that, that there was a mention of we're going to 9 or 10 uh, billion people. The UN begs to disagree. It, it, it thinks we're headed probably towards 15 million people by the end of the century. And, you know, I, 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 to use a technical term, I think we're screwed even at 10 billion. But if it's 15 billion, God, we have some problems. So a few personal comments uh, to start us off with. I hope we'll get back to economics and markets and business uh, fairly quickly now. Um, but that's enough for me. Uh, bless you. And, uh, <laughs> sorry. And uh, thank you for your attention. And perhaps we could now start the panel, Michael. For all information, please visit our website, www.gresham.ac.uk.